You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for October 21st, 2016. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Midwest Regional Headquarters of Nasty Woman and Bad Ombre, LLC. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Hey, Drift Glass. Hey, Blue Gal. Hey. Uh, personal notes, first of all. Uh-huh. Happy birthday to Junior Dude. It is today. Today's the day. Today's the day. Also, my nephew, Henry, is uh, 12 today. Yes. Happy birthday, Henry. Happy birthday, Henry. And uh, then that's on the happy news side. On the huh. sad news side, uh, we found out this morning that in addition to my sister having advanced stage cancer, now my mom has cancer. Yeah. And uh, she's in the hospital. I talked to her this morning, and she's doing okay. And your good thoughts and wishes for my mom would be very much appreciated. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then I got a message on Facebook today. You know, we're recording on Friday, and Twitter's down, and uh, the comment threads at Crooks and Liars, the discus comment threads on lots of blogs, are down. Uh, lots of websites are having problems. It's it's DDoS Friday, people. It's DDoS so Friday, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Vladimir. Uh, yeah. But Facebook is up, and um, Steve P. wrote me on Facebook this morning and said, I'm having surgery at 3 p.m. Wi-Fi at the hospital. There damn well better be a professional left podcast waiting for me when I get out of recovery. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, fine. He's in the hospital, and that's what he's thinking about is us. So oh, I just want to say, Steve, we wish you well on your surgery. Or P, if that really is your last name. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we we just feel so uh, honored and flattered by that. And, and also, you know, you guys feed us and we feed you. We, we want you to know we really feel like this is a reciprocal thing. So um, mm -hmm. we love you guys, and I really feel the support of podcast listeners about my sister have for you know ever since i said something on the show about it uh mom is has a really great attitude she's 77 and she wants to be comfortable and uh she's at i think an awesome hospital pittsburgh she's in pittsburgh pittsburgh has a great hospital system uh -huh. um thank, thank you. you Teresa Hines Carey I was gonna say thank you Teresa Hines Carey uh -huh. and all of the Pittsburgh denizens who raise money for hospitals in Pittsburgh because um, they, they have they have a great hospital system and so uh she is in the hospital that specializes in the kind of cancer she has and uh it, I think everybody feels very confident that she's getting top-notch care so you know who uh, ruined she Pittsburgh good. honey she sounds good yeah. You know who ruined Pittsburgh? Andy uh, Warhol. Andy Warhol. Uh, don't get my parents. We've mentioned this on the show before. Don't <laughs> get my parents talking about Andy Warhol because no. they have um, different opinions. <laughs> yeah. I think we should say <laughs> of Andy Warhol. Um, my dad is very involved. They're both artists. And my dad's very involved in the museum scene in Pittsburgh and helps print up posters for museums. He's part of a artist collective that does a lot of work for the Andy Warhol Museum. And uh, goes to shows and does a lot of stuff. And um, and he owns a, a, a runs his own old school, really awesome print shop. Print I mean, shop, right? Yeah. He he co uh, runs it, yes, and is really involved. Like I said, with the museum and art and printing, uh, art printing scene in Pittsburgh. And uh, my mother, um, on the other hand, sort of sees Andy Warhol as the person who abandoned Pittsburgh for New York City. Mm -hmm. And uh, she does not appreciate that. No. <laughs> so, and she's a, she's an artist in her own right. She is a gifted artist in her own right, and uh, was talking to me on the phone this morning about her next painting. So, you know, she <laughs> she says it was this. You'll love this drift glass. It's some there's a very obscure uh, woman painter in Japan who lives in an insane asylum and has never left because she likes it there, but she. <laughs> It's just such a my mom story. If you know, yeah. if you knew my mom, you'd know. Oh yes, and she lives in an insane asylum because she likes it there. <laughs> and I really want to do a portrait of her, so I'm going to do that. So, you know, she's, um, like I said, has a really good attitude, 
and uh, it, I, it doesn't want uh, extreme measures taken so that she feels terrible all the time. You know, that's not going to happen. So, but we're going to take it with, you know, this is, they found out about this yesterday, so we don't know anything else. And all, all we can do is think good thoughts. Um, please follow us on either Facebook or at pro left podcast on Twitter. When Twitter comes back up, um, if I have to dash, for Pittsburgh for some reason, and we aren't able to do a show any one week. Mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't happen, but if it does, um, we will surely tell you about it on social media. So, yeah. Um, so Drift Class, I thought what we would do today is kind of a free association Friday. It's such a full week um, with the third debate and everything going on. Well, but... I, ate, I ate nine potatoes, so I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> you were... I'm feeling internally the same way the week has been mentally and emotionally. <laughs> I'm very sleepy and yeah. I'm full and I don't like the way my tummy feels, mm -hmm. but Hey, <clears throat> Stephen P says we got to do the damn show. So we got to do the damn show. <laughs> all, this show is dedicated to Stephen P. Okay. <laughs> He'll love that. Um, all right. So I'm just going to, I made a list of 11 people, things in the news. I added one. So, okay. And you added one. Okay. So we're, um, which, wait a minute. We'll see which one. You oh, wait, wait a minute. No, I, I, Oh, you, you duplicated three and four. Cause I prominented one. If that's okay. A you word. prominented one of the ones in four. Okay. Well, I figured you'd want to talk about David Brooks more than just a little shh, bit today. Shh. Don't give the surprise <laughs> away. Come on. Supposed All right. Well, let's start with Chris Hayes. <clears throat> Number All one, right. Chris Hayes and Chris Hayes. his his interesting tweet. He had a very interesting tweet this week. Well, Chris Hayes had a, a special moment um, the night of uh, that debate that we had between mm -hmm. uh, the the big orange fella mm -hmm. and the one who's going to be the next president. Right. <laughs> uh, and it was. Uh, it, I, we'll talk about the, that in greater depth. But <clears throat> um, on that show, uh, Hugh Hugh and I just to jump ahead a little bit. The the uh, the um, blonde. Um, android sent from the future to destroy America right. uh, had a meltdown and uh, he looked like he'd been worked over with a bag of doorknobs, which I think is not far from the truth. I think that <laughs> Hugh Hewitt at this point is being told, you're going to get your ass out there and you're going to say Project Veritas nine times or you're not coming out of this yeah. With, yeah. on your feet. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, uh, he, he, uh, Hugh Hewitt went absolutely all in with James Okay. Um, as and and conspiracy theories and so forth. And he's a colleague of uh, Chris Hayes and Joy Reid, right. who are very well, bright. Uh, let's say they're they're both on air talent yeah. on MSNBC. Right. And they usually treat each other with a, a degree of um, he's my cousin and it's Thanksgiving, so I won't throw mustard in his face mm -hmm. kind of politeness. Right. But they could not contain their kind of flabbergastedness, which is American for gobsmacked. Right. And um, and, and to, to be – just to clarify a little bit, mm -hmm. Hugh Hewitt tried to play the trick of saying Project Veritas without mentioning James O'Keefe's name. Right. Which so is, that he could make it as if, you know, the ignorant viewers would know – would not know that this source is completely, you know, unreliable in every way. Yeah. And that was yeah. the first thing Joy Reid said. She said, you mean you're going to sit here and bring up James O'Keefe as if that's a thing? <laughs> we don't know who that is? Yeah. Right. Really? You're going to bring it up to me? Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's you're bringing okay. that to my house, really? Yeah. And so they they were it, they looked you know TV people are are you know slightly different. They're performers uh, mm -hmm. first, but they looked genuinely shocked. I think they did. Yeah. That this guy who is has been moved into their orbit. This guy who regularly appears on Meet the Press on the premier NBC show really is that bug fuck crazy and or desperate and desperate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that he doesn't really give a shit. He mm -hmm. is go he is he is down to clown with the team mm -hmm. and he is by God going to stick with them. And then, you know, once it crashes and burns, he'll find some way that it was Well, I think he's al he's already found the way. He has a book that came out in twenty fifteen called The Queen, which is Queen. about Hillary Clinton's thirst and hunger for power yeah. and and the next wave of Hillary Clinton, you know, uh power hungry, angry, vicious Yep. You know, she she's because she's a woman and she wants power. That means she's evil. And so he's got this book uh, about her called The Queen. And mm -hmm. I am absolutely positive that he is in the process of writing or has already written the foreword to the new edition of that book. Sure. 
and it'll be out by spring break. And that's my prediction. I, I'm, I've been pretty good with my predictions. Remember, right? I, I predicted the downfall of, and you, you and I did, the, the downfall of Marco Rubio. And yes, said, oh, everybody, no, 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 he's not a smart guy. He's stupid no. as toast. He's dumb and, as a bag uh, of hands. And you yeah. really need to, uh, uh, he will not be able to withstand, you know, 10 months of a campaign because he's just that stupid. Um, but that that's all. And I, I'm working, since Hugh Hewitt does have a bright future on network television yeah. for inexplicable reasons. Right. I, I've been working on my Hugh Hewitt imitation, but I can't, <laughs> I cannot extract uh, I cannot delete enough human emotion from yeah, the my voice too. to yeah. imitate his sort of creepy, croaky, robotic yeah. um, response to everything. And again, this is a guy who just literally jumped straight out of crackpot right-wing radio into mm-hmm. the absolute upper tier of political, serious political commentators. And I have a little side bet going with um, – a more, much more prominent person than myself. That oh. Charlie Sykes is the next person who's going to be this guy. Okay. okay. Charlie Sykes will be the next person they groom to be uh, an MSNBC regular serious oh, yeah. mm-hmm. commentator. But all that is is backstory uh, because Chris Hayes has apparently decided that he's going to talk on Twitter the way he can't talk on the TV. Right. And he looked at sort of the field of of nonsense and bullshit and madness around him and said essentially don't worry by the time you know after the election is over all of this will go down the memory hole yeah yeah and 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 that's i mean that is a that is going to be a recurring theme in this podcast as well that over and over again you're seeing my prediction come true again Mm -hmm. uh eric erickson this week he's not on our list but he tweeted Mm -hmm. that you know exactly what Word for word, almost exactly yes. what I said was going to happen, which is Hillary Clinton won't have a mandate because she's running against Donald Trump, the worst candidate in the history right. of American politics. She's not so, legitimate. She's not legitimate. And I just said, great. Well, it's not only that she's illegitimate, but we are delegitimizing the votes of 60 million people. Right. You know, the African-Americans don't count as voters. Right. Women don't count as voters. Democrats especially don't count as voters. And one of the things that I thought you did this week that was so brilliant was your post about why the Bush administration people yes. are all over them. Or that was the reason why we have so much both siderism and so much memory hole in well, media we'll, is that these Bush as soon as, we hit, yeah. as soon as we hit the David Brooks moment. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll more that. about that. All right. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, but, but Chris a, Hayes... Yeah, Chris Hayes said it, it's all going to go... The, this whole Trump thing mm-hmm. is going to go down the memory hole. <clears throat> and we'll never mention it. And I responded... And Chris Hayes never ever... He's he responded to one thing I ever wrote ever. And the one thing he responded to was, I've noticed Chris Hayes doesn't respond to people very much. <laughs> and he said, yes, I do. <laughs> So he does. And he never responded again. But he never responds to anything ever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can see. At least he doesn't what? block you. I mean, like, no, like no, no, Scarborough, no. you know, no. everybody on Twitter I know has been blocked by Joe Scarborough. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. and, and we're all in, we're all sort of in the same loose club, but it's very clear. And there, he, uh, Mr. Hayes tweeted something else. Um, I can't look it up right now because, you know, Vladimir Putin has shut has Twitter shut down. down our internet. <laughs> oh, no more Twitter for Donald. How well, that's we, a lot of people were saying that yeah. today was, you know, the reason that that Twitter is down is because Vladimir Putin has finally decided no more tweeting for Donald Trump. No yeah. more for you. But <laughs> Vladimir, no, no. You, you fucked this up enough. <laughs> Yeah, but but Chris Hayes is saying, and my response was, "Gee, I wonder who they'll blame." I'll bet it's both sides. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because you, th- that's the thing. We even Chris Hayes, who has a real live, honest to god, well paid job on a cable network that reaches you know literally dozens of people every day, <laughs> um, can sit there and say on Twitter, at least in a straight face, "I know what's going to happen." My colleagues, and this—that's where—that's what he's really talking about. My colleagues, because there's no way you forget this unless there's another. Uh, well, unless you're told to. Yeah, unless unless, yeah. It could he he could be saying the upstairs people will say this yeah. is what you're covering today and has nothing to do with Trump. Yeah, right. But unless because as with the Iraq War, as with the Tea Party being a, a, a grassroots uprising right. as a, as opposed to a scam to get Republicans off the hook. Mm-hmm. This happens over and over again. It happens so frequently 
And the only way it happens is if there's an, an, enough people in the media who are willing to collude yep. to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Because you could be talking about Trump for the next two years. It's perfectly acceptable. I mean, the, the former presidential, the soon-to-be former presidential candidate of the major party mm -hmm. and 40 or 50 million of his friends are that fucking crazy. That should be the biggest story of this yeah. decade. Mm -hmm. Period. And it, had, it should have been the biggest story going back 10 years, 15 right. years. I put a, right. an epitaph for... Um, uh, for David Broder yeah. saying, you know, it's, it's a shame he died. But the real tragedy is he was sitting on the largest, biggest story of his whole career and he blew it. Yep. Yep. The biggest story is not awful. Both sides are the biggest story is that one side is crazy. Mm -hmm. And Chris Hayes knows enough about his own industry to know that his bosses and colleagues will not because they can't talk about it because that's not the narrative that they are hired to push. Speaking of which. Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal. And you and I worked on this post for Crooks and Liars yesterday. Uh, I talked to you about I saw I saw collusion. You, was... you were you were getting kit it was collusion. You you were getting we kids are ready. the liberal media conspiracy. Yeah, yeah we, you were, and I were getting you were getting the kids ready for school. You getting breakfast yes. for people. I was. And I was in the bedroom getting dressed and Bill Crystal comes on morning Joe. Yes. And he says uh, Trump's a fluke, and we just just ignore him. Ignore him on election night. Ignore the Republican nominee on election night. You don't count. Doesn't just ignore him. Yeah, la la la. Just Didn't exist. Not a not a problem. And then and then they pushed back. Mika Mika particularly said he is the Republican nominee, and millions of Republican registered Republicans voted for him in the primaries. You can't pretend he's a fluke. He's not a fluke. He's the candidate. He's the nominee. And uh, she, she also said, you know, I would like re the Republican Party to take some personal responsibility for what happened. And he turned on her. He, he turned on her and said, oh, yeah, like Morning Joe had nothing to do with whether Trump was nominated or not. And, of course, then Joe happens to be sitting there. Usually when controversies like this happen, he's in London, you know. <laughs> Um, and he being the better bully, much better bully than Bill Crystal, right? Well, it's his show, right? And it's, it's well, yeah, but Screw he's it. a bully. And he is at heart a uh, gone to seed frat boy yeah. who has his own playground now and gets yeah. to beat up anybody he wants. Uh -huh. And that came out in spades. Uh huh. Uh huh. And he he said he made the typical. Uh, repeated excuses he's made, which is I've hung up on Donald Trump. I've said that this Muslim ban thing is 1930s Nazi Germany. Uh, and, you know, the three or four times when he stood up to Trump in the course of a year. Um, right. He and, wasn't coddling. And, he, and, and you wrote the post and then I inserted in it these three instances where he told Donald Trump, you're great and I knew you were going to win. In July, that was in, in February. In January... In, excuse me. In July of this year, uh, Donald Trump mm -hmm. made a funny comment and was out on the campaign trail. And Morning Joe, oh, Donald's got his groove back, you know, and it's Donald's got his groove back. That's just great. And then <laughs> October, I mean, we're not talking about a long time ago. Well, TV world, you know, yeah. it's a million. Right. Right. It's yesterday. Yesterday is, is yesterday and a million years ago are the same length of time yeah and it's and i know path. that this is why people listen to us over and over again we must never take this for granted i tried to I, it really came to me this week how strongly uh you you and i together have this kind of encyclopedic memory of <laughs> morning joe fucks up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all this crap i wish wasn't in my head yeah, yeah. but um october when this tax return situation happened and the New York Times had the tax return and it looked like Donald Trump didn't pay taxes, which he is now bragging about on the yeah. third debate, uh, Mika was the one who said Hillary Clinton shouldn't make a big deal out of this. He, she, he's just following the law. Well, the highly paid, highly salaried, and this is what's really important, highly salaried on-air talent of MSNBC does not want to pay more in Social Security taxes right, and does not want to pay more in income taxes. And they are going to qualify for both of those, when they, especially Joe Scarborough, when Hillary Clinton, if she gets what she wants. And so um, this, this whole thing about, well, you know, don't go after Donald Trump. He's just obeying the law was clearly personal for both of them, you know. Um, and I put those videos in interspersed with the times the, the deny, deny, they were deny. saying deny deny no. we never did that we never no. did that yeah uh but uh bill crystal backed off uh -huh. right well bill crystal got headbutted back yeah 
because he kept saying that, you know, this is a fluke and me mm-hmm. and Mika Brzezinski said it's a fluke is someone no one expected. Yeah. And Bill Crystal, it turns out you can smack that death's head smirk off his face. Uh-huh. It wasn't uh-huh. underneath is a viperish little yeah. piss, pisser of a, yeah. a little because he's like, fine, fine. Does it make you feel better? Fine. Yeah, he was really he, nasty. Yeah. Bitter and because you're you you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to tell a colleague, a fellow neoconservative, warmongering scumbag that gets because you both have a job for life. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to turn. That's the rule. You're not allowed to turn on each other. Yeah, but fine. Said, so you're happy that the Republicans nominated a bad guy. You think yeah. it's funny. You think it's amusing. And then then uh, Joe Scarborough sensing the thing is you're practically crying, aren't you? You're mm-hmm. crying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it. It, it really was, was really just, that nasty. It was, it was playground, yeah. playground nasty. Uh, and then they decided to both, you know, because they knew they. I think you said in your post they all of a sudden realized cameras were on. Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> we're all kind of covered with our own shit here, and there are cameras on. So yeah. let's all back away from this real. And beat stuff. up on Paul Ryan. <laughs> Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell. They're assholes. Let's talk about them for a while. Let's not well, talk yeah, about. We both agree and, then that they're assholes. Yes, they're assholes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's and, and they had to come to a sort of key. Uh, they had to come to an agreement about what the solution was to their mutual problem, which is right. they, they both work for a monstrously evil political party that is now sort of oozing out all over the place and everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. And the answer is ignore it. Just yeah. ignore it. And, and we're going to declare it a fluke. We're going to we're not going to we're going to walk away from it. Today, Joe Scarborough said some shit about, you know, Donald Trump may be bad, but, you know, we've, we've survived bad things before. Eh, who cares? Basically, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. these things happen. Oh, yeah, he said he wouldn't honor the election. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. No, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that and the fact that there are 40 million people in this country who will do whatever that guy says and believe whatever that guy says. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. And they bigly. do. They'll do it bigly. Believe me. And and it's going to take months to get that iterative, to get Alec Baldwin's voice out of my head. Well, and and... We're going to get to that in a minute. Let, I want to give you, uh, not, let me see where we're at here on the timer, because I'm going to cut you off. Yes. How many minutes do you want for David Brooks? Oh, well, I've already spent 12 years on David Brooks. So it feels like <laughs> I don't need that much. 12 years of David Brooks. Yeah. 12 yeah. years of Brooksologist, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, today so how many something... minutes do you want? Do you want five uh, minutes? Do you want 10 minutes? Do you want 15 minutes? What do you want? Four, four and a half minutes. Four and a half minutes. Go. All right. Today, <laughs> David Brooks did something I never thought I'd see. It's true. Uh, he surprised you. He surprised me. Um, and I need to do a little run up to this because this is what we were talking about uh, a few minutes ago. The reason why there is a church of both siderism in the Beltway, why, why uh, being both sides do it, both siderists went from a little cult that was always there and always pretty prosperous to the official state religion of the mainstream media. That you have people like Matthew Dowd and Ron Fournier and Michael Gerson elevated to positions of cardinalhood when really all they ever do is say both sides, both sides, both sides, both sides, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And that's because the Beltway media is wildly overstocked with Bush administration people. Right. Michael Gerson was a speechwriter for George Bush. David Frum was a speechwriter for George Bush. All the, all the people on Fox News, all the expatriates from Fox News, all the political analysts, all the, all the Republican political scumbags you see on television who now opine or feel bad or wring their hands, all came out of the, the Bush administration, all touched them in some way. Um, Matthew Dowd was the guy who engineered George Bush's reelection. Now he's an independent. But, you know, back in the day, which we don't talk about. So you have a profession which is thick with people whose job it is, allegedly, to tell the truth and to be honest, present you with facts, but who, if they actually did that, would be fired. Right. So they have to invent a narrative that covers their ass, that lets them get away with murder verbally and and uh, philosophically, <clears throat> and lets them say things and never be held accountable for anything ever under any circumstances. Right. And David Brooks has become the cardinal or the pope of this church. It's a cult. It's a church. It is a faith. Um, the Church of Lyontology is what I call it in my post. And David Brooks today goes back to his church to remind, because that, that's the institution that is most, most under siege by Donald Trump. Donald Trump is making it impossible for the both siderists to hold up their temple any longer, because it's not both sides. It's so clearly not both sides anymore. And the fact that Donald Trump is not a fluke, Donald Trump is the end product of a process that David Brooks was in 
up to his eyeballs for most of his adult life and that he will not take responsibility for. None of them will. So they had to invent this narrative. They had to elevate this narrative from casual conversation to holy writ in which everyone is to blame for everything and no one is to blame for anything. And Donald Trump is some weird black swan outlier. Okay. And that's most of what David Brooks's column is today. It's the typical both sides stuff, you know, society's to blame and the moral collapse of America is awful. And isn't it a shame that we as a country let this happen? We as a society let this happen. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. We didn't do this, David. Right, right. Our country didn't do it. Our society didn't do it. You did it. You and your fucking party did it. It's your responsibility and you are the one who should pay for it. And, of course, that is not something that the people who work in the media, all of whom are responsible for this, ever want to talk about. But the thing that shocked me was in his desperation to find a way to hang him, hang Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump by the same rope, he mainstreams James O'Keefe. He, of all people, I, it it did surprise me, too, when I read your post. I just went, really? Yeah. Because Hugh Hewitt clearly is being paid or threatened or in some other way uh, induced into bringing up O'Keefe. And I and part of who knows Hugh, what who knows what James O'Keefe has found Hugh Hewitt doing in men. <laughs> That's all I can say. Is OK, that, you know, I, I, it would be irresponsible to not speculate about what <laughs> James O'Keefe might have found. What about uh, Hugh Hewitt's personal Hugh life Hewitt and, and David Brooks doing in a men's room? <laughs> Um, because that is I, that is a more plausible explanation for yeah. why suddenly um, Hugh Hewitt is all in with James O'Keefe. Well, and he David, is. And, and that is really the interesting thing about this whole thing is, you know, Hugh Hewitt is the bridge from Alex Jones to MSNBC. Yes, he is. He he has done the crackpot radio show and he's a lawyer. I mean, he's not uneducated, but no. uh, he has done the crackpot stuff on on the Clintons and on, you know, whatever. And. Mm-hmm. As a result of being both able to push the wingnut narrative and being educated and able to string four sentences together, um, he's able to get just about anybody in the conservative world on his show. Yes. Because they trust him not to, you know, break wind or, you know, political wind, you know, go off script, whatever, mm-hmm. on his show that he's going to ask party line questions and give a friendly interview, which gets people on his show, which then attracts him to, I mean, he's got a golden Rolodex too, right? Oh yeah, so he absolutely does. You want to have Hugh Hewitt on MSNBC because he knows he'll, you know, he can get whoever from wherever in the conservative world to come on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> something is going on where he feels that he needs to validate, uh, and like you said, make Trump look good for, right, right. for the deplorable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but David Brooks has always been in such a self-created bubble where right. Fox Genteel. News doesn't exist. Right. James O'Keefe well, that... doesn't exist. Newt Gingrich, like you said in your post, Newt, have you ever heard of Newt Gingrich? Yeah, he David goes Brooks? through. He goes through a laundry list of all the things that Donald Trump did. Yeah. And all the things that Donald Trump did. Oh no, 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 no. This is of not worse in our society, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Donald Trump has dismantled our code of etiquette. No, 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 no. Newt Gingrich did that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, Donald Trump um, um, dismantles the fealty to truth without consequence. No. What about Nixon? <laughs> well, Rush Limbaugh, Ann Coulter, Ralph Rush Reed, Limbaugh. have you heard of him? Jerry yeah. Falwell, junior or senior, Laura Ingram. So Ingram. when he goes on the news hour on PBS, yeah. none of that world exists. And if anybody brings it up, he's like, well, I don't know what they're saying on Fox News. And if you if you know, as, as I do, as the America's leading Brooksologist... This is not a fluke. This is constant. No. His writing is, is yeah. constantly uh, – most of his writing is spent in a deliberate, calculated, um, cynical attempt mm-hmm. to write away, W-R-I-T-E, yep. away, right out of existence, the entire conservative movement as it and actually exists. Because it is it is too gauche for him. Right. His and, world is Davos and intellectualism and humility, of course, and above the, all the, humility. And the 15, you know, Upper East Side plutocrats right. who underwrite his career. Exactly. His job exactly. is to tell them, these shut-in, deluded billionaires who live in New York, yeah. what they want to hear. They don't want to hear that Rush Limbaugh is running their country. Right. Or the or new party, game which is in charge of things. Yeah, yeah. They want to hear what he has to say. So he goes through this long laundry list of all the terrible things that no one before Trump has ever done, except, you know, like like uh, delegitimizing an election. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 
have you heard of the birther movement? Yeah. Do you, yeah. And, no. uh, and I put him onto a Charlie Pierce post saying it's, this has been the Republican way for 25 years. Yes. And if only David Brooks had been aware of the Republican Party um, <laughs> at some point in his life, he might have been able to make a more intelligent um, commentary. But but the so point what was. what is it about the then the current situation? And and this is my final question. because sure. It's the only question I have and the only question you had about the Brooks column today, sure. which is what is it about the current situation that lets David Brooks sit inside this very thick glass bubble that he is able to fog up whenever he doesn't want to look at something? Mm-hmm. And he looks out from that thick protected place and says, James O'Keefe, I'm going to talk about that. Well, it's it's simple because he has to find a way after this laundry list of all the terrible things that Donald Trump and only Donald Trump has ever done, which mm-hmm. is bullshit, to 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 gird up to buttress the temple of both siderism. So there has to be an equally awful thing that Hillary Clinton has done to de- to destroy the moral fiber of America. And here's what he says. Clinton has contributed to the degradation, too. As James O'Keefe videos remind us, wherever Hillary has gone in her career, a cloud of unsavory people and unsavory behavior has traveled alongside. That's why. Because that paragraph has to be in there, or he's going to get a call from one of the plutocrats to whom he is answerable, and only them, and and want to goddamn well know why he hasn't propped up the you know the the, the uh, cross beams of the temple. You're not supposed to say one side is to blame for everything. Now he goes, you know, he's saying that now. Of course, Trump is worse, but mm-hmm. you know both sides are terrible, and the real problem is we as a society have let David Brooks down, and that's just a shame. David Brooks, who who just is wringing his hands and crying in his beer over the moral degradation of America is now the man who used his New York Times column to mainstream James O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one is around him to spit in his face. Yeah. And that's a real shame. I, I want to ask you a question about that because uh, I don't know the answer. All right. Is the reason that he has to prop up or make Hillary Clinton equally bad? Almost equally bad. Almost equally bad. Is the reason behind that the fact that Trump is such a reprehensible character Mm -hmm. or because Trump is going to lose so badly? The reason he has to do that is because like Matthew Dowd and like Ron Fournier, the problem always has to be the corrupt duopoly. Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. has to be both parties. There has but but there... all right, but the, but the fact that he had to reach so far right. to James O'Keefe that he had to actually go acknowledge this slime lo- slime bag bag right uh, that's not uh, this traitor in slime. Mm-hmm. Okay, this person who edits videos and slanders people. Right. And is is just a liar. A professional rat fucker. A I professional believe rat fucker. Exactly. OK. He had to acknowledge the existence of a professional rat fucker in order to balance Hillary Clinton and Donald yes. Trump. Yes, he did. Is that because Donald Trump is so awful or is it because Donald Trump is going to lose so badly? Which one is the one that is motivating that particular choice? Yeah, I think it's because what else has he got? Yeah. The fact that James Podesta likes risotto. Yeah, I know. Um, you know the fact that <laughs> Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. I mean, that's that's chewed gum. No, nobody talks about Benghazi or emails or anything except Rudy Giuliani and you know yeah. raving idiots like that. There's there's no there's no he has to have something on the table that shows that she associates herself that she is steeped in. Awful people with bad character yeah. who do terrible things, and that's just the way uh, both of these people are. That they're surrounded by, you know, and because his his predicate or his theme is this is the moral degradation of America mm-hmm. that all of our leaders have let us down. That the, everybody's in on it. That the, everyone is 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 letting society itself is letting this horrid thing happen. Mm-hmm. And you can't say that and then say, but the Democratic nominee for president is actually pretty decent and she's not that bad. She's hardworking. And yeah. he does say that in the first couple of paragraphs. He says, well, you know, she 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 used herself as a parent and uh, spoke as a mother and a parent. And, and that was very effective. But it is part of his contract in blood to the conservative movement that lets him have a job at The New York Times and PBS and NPR and <laughs> And college campuses and meet the press that lets him go these places and talk to these people and have this enormous amount of influence and enormous 
voice. And respect. I mean, at least never, fake ever, respect. Yeah. You will never, ever say, you know, one side good, one side bad. Mm-hmm. You cannot mm-hmm. do that. So if you're going to write an article about the moral decay of that you have to implicate everybody mm-hmm. and you have to implicate Hillary Clinton. And the only thing available to do that right at the moment is James O'Keefe. Right. right. Also, I think there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And of course, no one's going to drop me a you know, note over the transom saying, uh, just call me <laughs> small schmoogman. Uh, I'm a writer for the New York Times. And I op-ed yeah. and I saw James O'Keefe walk into David Brooks's office carrying an inflatable doll and a <laughs> can of guava jelly <laughs> and, and a sign and a contract that said, you know, at, I don't know what the hell's going on, mm-hmm. but but he just does this. You're listening to the Professional Left Podcast, professionalleft.blogspot.com. But enough about David Brooks. But enough about David Brooks. All right. Um, I almost hesitate to bring up this name because last night at the Al Smith dinner, uh-huh. uh, Hillary Clinton mentioned Rudy Giuliani. She did. And then the camera went to him and he was the only person in the room not even breaking a smile. He looked like he, he looked had insane. Been, he looked like he'd had a stroke. Yeah, and I, and I'm not saying that to be funny. No. Um, and I, I, I also don't want to fall into the trap of concern trolling about some political figure's health because we've been damaged enough about that. Right. But um. But there's something wrong with Giuliani. I think there is, and I'm not, I'm not diagnosing him, but I, I don't like the way he's behaving. No. <laughs> anyway, uh. But that particular moment, I thought, was uh, very strange. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I want to talk for a minute about the deplorables, because uh, deplorable is a word that people are putting on their Twitter handles as a way of bragging that they're Trump supporters. Uh-huh. And um, I'm wondering, I don't listen to Rush Limbaugh at all. No. Um, but I'm wondering if he is the source of this uh, Hillary Clinton belongs in jail meme oh, that probably. is really, really prevalent all over Facebook. Um, well, I mean, that, that, it's, it's not just, it's not just uh, a claim of um, it, it. It's like a chant. Yeah. And it, it's very uh, automatic. You know what I mean? Lock her up. Not just lock her up, but she belongs in jail. She right. belongs in jail. She belongs in jail. So I don't, and I don't, know how you can say that unless you're just so completely brainwashed and that's your wall that protects you from reality. The other one is don't trust the polls. Right. Those two are every every comment, every post at, at Donald Trump's Facebook pages. Yeah, don't trust the polls. She belongs in jail. Don't trust the polls. She belongs in jail. Don't trust the polls. And I, I think that it's coming. From, it has to be coming from somewhere for weak-minded people to be using it as a line of defense. Can I can I give you my theory? Yeah. Which goes back many years. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody pull up a chair because <laughs> Uncle Driftglass is going to tell you his theory. Okay. And, uh, and uh, don't look at your phone. <laughs> Twitter's <laughs> down. You don't need to look at your phone anymore. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You're screwed. You got nothing but me. And that old copy of Watership Down in Your Back Pocket. That's it. So so here's the theory. Um, almost every conservative I know uh, in, in real life, uh, via email or, or whatever, going back many, 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 many years, has in their brains a wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube man. Oh, okay. Like like outside of a, a car salesman? Yes, like outside yeah. of the Saul Goodman office. Yeah, and the check cashing place. Right, right. okay. <laughs> and and that wacky, waving, inflatable arm fl- uh, flailing tube man is infinitely inflatable to any size you need. And sometimes the waving, flailing arm tube man is Hillary Clinton, and sometimes it's Barack Obama, and sometimes it's Bill Clinton, and sometimes it's liberals, and sometimes it's Negroes, and sometimes it's scary Mexicans, and sometimes it's women. But conservatives have been trained that whenever one of their lies blows up in their face, especially once they get caught uh, believing something that's outrageous and stupid and nuts, to automatically inflate the cartoon villain in their head to a size that is larger than the lie that they just got humiliated in front of. So Hillary Clinton needs to be a bigger criminal and lunatic than Donald Trump. Barack Obama needed to be a worse president than George Bush. And so they just make whatever shit they need to up to inflate the crazy person in their head to the size of the villain they need. 
And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have any logic to it. But these are people who jettisoned logic and facts decades ago. Mm-hmm. They don't care about any of that. You, you can't talk to them about factual reality because it doesn't register. The only thing they know is, yeah, maybe I voted for George Bush or maybe I didn't. But Barack Obama's worse. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it has to be the ultimate conservative excuse, no matter what, no matter how badly they look, no matter how shitty they behave, no matter how many lies you catch them in. First of all, they always go crawling back to the same liars over and over again, which is mm-hmm. maddening. But second, the answer, if you catch them in the moment, no, there is no secret terrorist training camp in Peoria set up by Barack Obama. That isn't true. And here are pictures to prove it. The answer is never ever going to be I was wrong. The answer is always going to be, well, liberals are just as bad. Mm-hmm. Your Democrats are just as bad. That is their automatic programmed at the genetic level almost response that is wired into their heads at this point. So Hillary Clinton has to be a criminal. Therefore, she should be locked up, period. There's no logic behind it. They just know it because they need the scary cartoon Hillary in their brain mm-hmm. to be a bigger monster and a bigger menace than the one they're actually voting for. Mm-hmm. And that way they can justify, well, well, Donald Trump is imperfect, of course. You know, he says these terrible things. But, you know, mm-hmm. Hillary's a monster and she's a criminal. And she's a two-foot-taller criminal than Donald mm-hmm. Trump. So what am yeah. I supposed to do? And yep. and so there's no way to get rid of the problem of conservatism as a mental illness, mm-hmm. as a psychological disorder, without disabling that flailing tube man in their head. And there's no way to do that. Because once that thing goes down, all the shit they've pulled, all the lies they've told to themselves mm-hmm. um, start pouring out. Well, I think that's why the shit's really hitting the fan now among House members, among Joe Scarborough versus Bill Crystal, and so forth, which is they all know how these, uh, how the mob is programmed. Yes. They all know that because they've done it. Because they're in charge of it. Yeah, that's they're right. Tr- and so they know that come November 9th, somebody's going to have to take the blame. Yes. And <laughs> the disease is inside the house. And then right? playing... the mob, they've, the mob is sitting in the living room watching your television to find out if they are going to be validated or not. When they find out, not only did they lose the presidency and the woman, the woman, woman. who's going to be, who sh- who belongs in jail. <laughs> is president yes. of the United States and she's a Clinton. You, you we gave you a chance to beat the black guy. And she has the Senate and she has the Senate. Right. And she might have the house. We don't right. know that yet, but if she gets within one seat, if they lose tw- uh what's his name? Um Steve Schmidt uh-huh. said 25 seats. Mm-hmm. The Republicans are going to lose 25 seats in the house. I don't trust the polls, Lugal. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right about that. But you're absolutely right. Um And and you've got armed maniacs sitting in your living room waiting for the for the jury to come in and and you have a bunch of you have joe scarborough and bill crystal and mm-hmm. and all the rest of them ted cruz and paul ryan and, and and mitch mcconnell remember that game you played as a kid hot potato you'd, you'd wind up that thing <laughs> and try to toss it back and forth as fast as you possibly can because when the, when the bell went ding whoever was holding it was going to be out of the game mm-hmm. That's what they're playing right now. Someone, right. you're absolutely right. Someone is going to pay for this. Someone's going to yep. pay dearly for this. Probably Fox News is going to pay dearly for this. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I wrote a post this week about that too. You guys just need to go read. I'm not going to link to any of this. Go read Crooks and Liars. Um, the uh, post about how why Fox News cannot ignore the polls this year. Right. Because they they ignored the polls in 2012. Yes, they did. And they got really badly burned by their own viewers for mm-hmm. it. It didn't matter that John Stewart made fun of them. No, they don't care about John Stewart. They don't care about that. But, but people, uh, this was a, a clip that I found from um, the summer where uh, the five were talking. And it was a, it was just a, a brief minute where Dana Perino and who's the other guy? Um, the one Greg that Gutfeld? thinks he's funny. Who? who? Greg Gutfeld. Greg Gutfeld yeah. are just talking about you know, if we if we pretend that these polls aren't real, if we pretend that you can trust the crowds instead of the polls, we're going to do what we did in 2012, which is predict something and then be wrong. And we're going to have a whole something. lot of really disappointed people. Yep. And Dana Perino said that. She said, we are going to have a whole lot of dis- disappointed people. And Greg Gutfield said, like in 2012, they stopped watching because they thought we lied to them and we deserved it. Uh-huh. And I went, 
oh, mark that yeah. <laughs> timestamp, you know, because that was a moment of clarity from Fox mm-hmm. of, you know, we paid a price for that. Well, and that's that's the last remnants of a a corrupt and evil political mm-hmm. system that at least right. is self-aware enough to know that it's lying. Well, they depend on, right. They, and they depend on be, of pleasing the people they're lying to right. and telling, and, and they got so caught because it was such a short window of time mm-hmm. between we're going to win on a landslide and it, and it's high stakes too. Right. We're going to win on a landslide two days before the election right. that night we've lost. Uh, and, and it, it wasn't close No, <laughs> that now the Fox news uh, map the, the electoral map shows Hillary Clinton winning. Yeah. Shows Texas as light red, as lean Republican. Uh-huh. Texas. Texas. I know. Texas is on the Fox News map is lean Republican. Mm-hmm. That and Arizona's toss up. Well, I mean and, and the, the excuse grenade that will blow up after election day is all the stuff Donald Trump says every day. It's a conspiracy. It's all rigged. You can't trust the media. They're the worst people in the world. They lie to you constantly. The election, all of that is going to, unless someone in the next two weeks undoes 40 years of conservative brainwashing, dumbing down and generally mm-hmm. fucking these people in the skull to the point where they like it and they can't live without it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in, someone is in for a hell of a shock to their bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have a feeling that it's going to be, um, Donald Trump is going to do what he did with uh, birtherism. Mm-hmm. He'll hold I never a press, said it. He'll hold a press conference. Mm-hmm. He'll say, and he'll make a big hype out of it, you know, and then he'll say, fine, Barack Obama was born in America. There, period. Now let's go talk about my line of meat or whatever. Right, right. My, new TV, my new TV network. Yeah, now yeah. it'll be, fine, Hillary won. You guys win. I lost. You ganged up on me. You sold me out. The media sold us out. But she won. Are you happy now? By the way, here's my new TV network. Well, and 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 he can he can I'm sure you know Steve Bannon has the speech written already, sure. right? Which is this happened because of the corrupt media, and the media won't tell you the truth. So I'm start I'm going to fix it. I'm personally going to fix media. it with my new Trump brand news. I can news. right. Keep it's Trump delicious. Right. It'll make your brain feel like you're being fucked by vodka, Melania-soaked vodka. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so huge and beautiful and orange and beautiful. You'll love yeah. it. And and that might or might not happen, but it's certainly the case that these same people who ran into a brick wall at 60 miles an hour in 2012 are being told to run at 120 miles an hour right. at a bigger brick wall. Um, and all I know is at some point, Blue Gal, the liberals will be blamed. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, um, all right. So I want to talk about the Democrats for just sure, a minute. Please roll with it. Michelle Obama is in Arizona. Yes, she is. And... After being told and and really cajoled uh, by Reince Priebus and Paul Ryan and a whole bunch of other people to not go after Michelle Obama, Please. don't do it. Please don't do Donald, it. Donald, don't do Please it. Please don't do it, Donald. No. And I'm sure that Corey Lewandowski told him that, too. Huh? You know, don't do it. Don't take the bait because she's very popular. She's way more popular than Barack. And she, it will destroy you. Just huh? leave her alone. Today, Donald Trump couldn't help it. He couldn't help it. She doesn't want to do anything but campaign. That's right. Go ahead. And that's that's a dig at her? Yeah. Really? Yeah. She's got nothing else to do, uh, Donald, because uh, your party has blocked everything. Right. And Barack Obama and Michelle Obama have nothing to do but go out and and they're not even trying to make you lose. They don't have to do that. No. They're going after. I mean, Barack Obama today was in Florida talking about Marco Rubio. Going after Marco Rubio yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because and Chuck Todd, to his credit, said Barack Obama wants the Republican Party to pay a price for Trump. And then he, of course, fell off the truth wagon and said he thinks that the Republican Party will look in the mirror after this loss. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Even I don't think even Barack Obama thinks that the Republican Party will look in the mirror no. after this loss. They can't. They can't. But, yeah. but at this point, they're, they're, it's not fair to say it running up the score, but it is fair that, that they can afford to go to do what we've been urging them to do all this time. And what we urge them to strategy. do. Yeah. Go after. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see Barack Obama, you know, down the block going after Rodney Davis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, because exactly. it's time to, to take out the big hammer and start saying, yeah. you know what, uh, if nobody else is going to break this party into little pieces and make them rebuild it in something that looks like a sane organization, then we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Or at least we can do the breakdown part anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 
and yeah, we have and we have to. So, uh, per- particularly to cement his legacy, yeah. right? Oh yeah. It's not. This is not. This is personal. This is about making sure that the Affordable Care Act stays in place, Indeed. and that fixed. his presidency stays legitimate, uh-huh. uh, and that it isn't all that work that he did on the economy isn't just completely screwed over with a humongous tax cut for billionaires. Yeah, that's the only thing they, that's the only thing Republicans talk about now. Yeah, tax yep. cuts and Supreme Court. Yep. That's it. That's all they have left. And, and you know what? That's and, and that was also Chuck Todd today in, in his analysis, because he's for some reason decided to be on the reality train, which is they're sending Donald Trump to the parts of districts where it's solid Republican and safe Republican. And then they're within that district. They're picking the town or the neighborhood where Trump is popular. Mm-hmm. And that's where he's going. It is it is literally to minimize the damage. Yeah, I'd like to. So, I'd like yeah. to thank thank you for welcoming me to your biker bar. I appreciate right. everything. <laughs> I hope you all exactly. get out on election day. And mm-hmm. no, we're all felons in here. We don't get to vote. But yeah, uh, yeah he's very popular among a lot of. Um, uh, they're sending him to the low end of the American gene pool, <laughs> and I, he's very popular there. But he's already popular there, and that's the problem. That's the they that's the point. They have no strategy, but. You know, I, I give it up to I can't remember the, the analyst, Republican analyst who said, you know, he's he's a dead solid block to win the Republican uh, primary. Yeah, uh, he's going <laughs> to exactly. win, win that thing. You're going to get so tired of winning. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've talked enough about um, Russia and Twitter. Yeah. Let's get on. Um, to, let's get on to. Uh, where is Paul Ryan? Where, Has anybody seen Paul Ryan? I, I thought I saw him at the high V uh, <laughs> high behind the pumpkins. <laughs> hey, come over here. Want to talk about tax cuts? No, I want no. I don't want to talk about tax cuts with you, Paul. No, or the Supreme Court. No, oh. no. Um, but that conversation that Bill Crystal had with on Morning Joe was about what kind of price is Paul Ryan going to pay for standing beside Trump? Yeah. Or and and I tell you, Bill Crystal wanted to have it both ways. You know, Paul Ryan's disqualifying himself for 2020 by right. standing behind Paul Ryan. But to be to be fair. He's distanced himself from Trump better than a lot of people. Yeah. Really? And and also, um, you know, what does this mean for Mike Pence? Oh, no, Mike Pence. The Mike Pence brand is ruined. Ruined forever. Except, Except that Mike Pence will win some Republican primaries in 2020 sure. because of his loyalty to Trump. Yeah. This is all about how, sure, they left their panties in Donald Trump's trailer, but they dropped, they took their shoes. So, you know, they distanced <laughs> themselves, but not too much. So, <laughs> And, and there, but this is what the results of this forty-year process has been. There's no longer a gray area where you can. Yeah. The base wants a clear black and white Manichaean choice. You're either right. with our orange Hitler, mm-hmm. you either back the orange fire demon that we elected, that we mm-hmm. told you what we want to be president, or you're dead to us. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to play that down but, the But except that's that's also the script that they have fed to that base for years, exactly. which is Does this sound Hillary familiar? Clinton's a monster, Bill Clinton's a monster, Barack Obama's illegitimate, right. Barack Obama's a Kenyan usurper, et cetera, et cetera. And therefore, they were never able to compromise. Mm-hmm. And the only thing they can do is try to repeal and replace. And their repu- the Republican health care plan that Barack Obama got through the Congress. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this it, is that's what I keep going back to is it's Romney care that you are talking about, Donald Trump. You're talking about Romney care. If I may quote a a, a commercial from the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't know that a lot of today's popular songs are based on the classics. <laughs> <laughs> They went on all these movie themes, right? Oh, yeah. Hold on a minute. Junior dude is home and is interrupting our conversation. We're going to let him say hi to everybody on his 18th birthday. Hello. Yeah. So who are you voting for? Do you want to tell anybody? Uh, Do you yeah. care? Yeah. I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. Oh, good man. All right. I'm not shocked. Yeah. I guess and we'll actually, actually, we are very proud of Junior Dude. Junior Dude is going to be a student election judge this year. He's going to spend from five in the morning until uh, about seven, seven p.m. Mm-hmm. at a local precinct, watching people vote and uh, not intimidating any voters. Uh, right? No. no, no, that's against the law. That's so, against federal law. Yeah, that's against federal law. <laughs> so, so let me get this. Sorry, let me get this straight. Uh, in our household, we have people who so, control yeah. the election control at least two uh, 
uh, major sources of news and a, and a podcast. So we really are the liberal conspiracy. We are the liberal media conspiracy because now we have an election judge in our pocket in, in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're very proud of you. Yeah, we and are. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy All birthday, right. dude. Okay, I want to end with uh, Admiral. She's still she's no. I want to end with Hillary Clinton. Okay. She he he's still getting his shirts and stuff together, but that's all right. We'll just keep talking. You guys you guys are listening out there. You realize this is a household where kids are coming home from school. Yes. <laughs> um, Hillary Clinton. I just want to point out to people that the Clinton campaign has saved the best ads for last. <laughs> And you will stupid. you will notice, and they will cross your screen on YouTube. And on Facebook and on other social media outlets. When they come back, and I don't want I don't want you to miss them. I don't want you to pass by and say, "Oh, I'm going to vote for Hillary. I've already voted for Hillary. I'm a, whatever." Blah blah blah. I don't need to watch that. They really have saved the best ones for the last two weeks, and you should watch them because <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. I I've, I've been amazed so far with their ability to have a really consistent, positive, heart, you know tugging at the heartstrings campaign they've mm-hmm. done and and while we're talking about hillary clinton comparing this to 2008 uh-huh <laughs> she, she's learned so much yeah well she she knows how to study i mean she's a yeah. she's a grind yeah, that's you it know? and she knows when she when you make a mistake and you don't get it right the first time okay what have i learned let's do it right the, let's try to do it right the next time let's try to fix it from here so uh don't miss don't pass those by uh, I think that's really important that that word get out. Um, I want to talk for a minute about uh, Admiral Collingwood, 1803. This came across my screen this week. Um, he was a British admiral, and I did not realize that in the early 1800s, there was a shortage of oak trees. And oak was used to build uh, Admiral Nelson's ships. Yeah, yep. Uh, and Admiral Nelson, who's, you know, the hero and, and the British Navy was the greatest in the world, et cetera, et cetera. Admiral um, Nelson, but... totally corrupt, totally corrupt. Admiral Nelson, totally corrupt. <laughs> So many but people wrong, tell me that. Wrong, so wrong. many people tell me. You're such a puppet. You're and, a puppet. <laughs> and so many other things. So, but please continue. Many people have told me. Many people have told me. Uh, but but the British Navy was uh, doing a lot of just rehab ships that were not in good repair. Right. But Admiral Collingwood was a very positive, um, good person and apparently loved by his sailors as someone who was really good to them uh and when he was on land he planted acorns and pushed them in the ground with his stick in the expectation that they would grow into oak and build battleships for the british navy and i was inspired by that that we start to think at this point in the political process as liberals yep what are our acorns what do we want to plant that gets us to uh, the battles ahead? Particular, I mean, the battle ahead for me, as I think about it, is 2018, mm-hmm. when it is entirely possible, as happened in 2010, that the Republicans take the Senate back. Yes. And I'm not trying to put eggs in a basket no. of either deplorables or adorables at this point. No, and, and thinking about the next election is, is exhausting. Yeah, at but, this point, too. Right, right. But what do we do but practically— what kind of what do we do in the expectation of what might happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if we don't take the House and if the Senate is at risk, as I've said before, Hillary Clinton needs to spend the first two years of her administration just campaigning. Yeah. Campaigning, getting the Supreme Court set up mm-hmm. <laughs> to a five to four or a six to three yeah. majority yeah. and then voting rights. Yes. Yep. And voting rights and voting rights and voting rights. And if that means Election Day is a holiday and register more voters. Yep. You know, uh, and, I, and I hope I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I certainly hope the Obamas are going to continue to be part of that uh, <laughs> process. Uh, national politi- uh, community organizers. Right. National community with with that, you know, an afternoon of making ads for House candidates yeah. could turn the tide. Yeah. It absolutely could turn the tide, especially if Michelle does it. All right. And I think we should also, um, insofar as it's possible, this is a little harder because it, it, there's no amount of active um, citizen participation that can move the needle on this necessarily. But I would like to prove Chris Hayes wrong. Mm. 
I would like this not I would like this fiasco not to mm-hmm. be disappeared down the memory hole like mm-hmm. the others. I would like the narrative because really right now the fight over what happened is going mm-hmm. on actively right now. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the people who want this all to be forgotten and go away mm-hmm. and, and I was never there. I never voted for George Bush and I never I, I was never in Germany. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, those people are, are, are right now mobilizing cause they can see the fire on the horizon. Mm-hmm. They, and they have to be able to make this go away to be able to mm-hmm. get back to the business of screwing up America in the way they want it screwed up. Mm-hmm. And I would like very much to find more allies in the podcasting world and in the writing world and in the radio world and in the television world and whatever other voices we can find that simply will not scatter our forces like we do between elections, but f- mm-hmm. the means by which we make every other decision. And that's our political yep. process. Yep. Yep. And I would, I would like to see, and I hate to bring the, bring it up this way um, because it does hurt to talk about this. Uh-huh. Um, you have mentioned Trump's Katrina yep. and you have mentioned the Republican party's Katrina. Yep. Um, I would like to see, and, and, and again, I hate to put it in this way except that it fits um trump doesn't need to be the republican party's katrina trump needs to be the republican party's chappaquiddick yeah yeah the thing that was continually brought up when ted kennedy ran for president over and over again and he could never remove the stain the the damned spot was there for him forever for the rest of his career and that's what trump needs to be for the republican party yeah and they can Reform. I, I will say this. I think there can be reforms within the political process. And what's interesting to me particularly is that Harry Reid is the one who is spearheading a lot of this as a lame duck senator to say, we're going to just require by law that presidential candidates have to release three years of tax yeah. returns. Done. Now, that's really nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like to see that just happen as an as an involvement of the political priorities saying, no, this is a really good idea. This protects us to do this, mm-hmm. um, that you have to, in order to be on the debate stage. And that's where they have the power to control access. That's the door. Yep. Um, and also ballot access. But to the to the extent that you're allowed to do that. But some states have ballot access. We just get that many signatures and you're on the ballot. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but debate access is something legitimate debate access is something that the parties can control. If you want to be on the stage at the debate, you have to release five years of tax returns to the party. Mm-hmm. That we will keep them private. Mm-hmm. But you're uh, going to do it. But yeah. you're going to do it. And if you're the nominee, we're going to release them to the public. And what? But what that does then is those people that are running for president in order to get a spot on Fox News won't run. Right. Because it's two. And you won't have 16 people on the stage. No. You'll have seven. Which also shortens the process and makes it easier. I mean, I, I think it's it's a win win for everybody. But except for like I said, <laughs> the people who are just running for a spot on Fox News, they're going to have to get a job with Trump News. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they'll have. That's to a do. longer interview process and a lot of pussy grabbing. So <laughs> get ready for it. But but the people who then are willing, more than willing to release their tax returns in order to run for president are going to be people like I hate to say it, Mike Pence. Yeah who are politicians who realize that the cost of being an elected official is you pay 25% of your income or more in taxes mm-hmm. every year. So, um, and, and you give to charity and you really give to charity and you really behave as if you are a citizen of this country and not something else. All right. We have to stop. We, we do. Have three children in the house. We got to go. Friday. Bur- There's sleepovers and birthdays and stuff. That has to happen. Yes, indeed. And thank you for all your good thoughts and wishes for my sister and my mom and, uh, my son, happy birthday again, junior dude. And uh, all will be well. We are really, I have faith. I really do that, um, you know, whether they're here and celebrating or passing away and moving on to whatever the next experience is for them, whether that's a hole in the ground or up in the clouds, I don't I don't have uh, any yeah. judgment about that, really. Um, but the uh, I, I, I do have faith in life and I do have faith in uh, goodness. And that they're that they're they're going to be okay, and that that may be Pollyannish, but it keeps me going. <laughs> you're so. you're almost saying the arc of the moral universe is long. I am saying the arc of the moral universe is long and points towards justice. 
Yes, I am. Really Thank does. you, Drift Class. Yes, it, you betcha. Thank, I'm very glad you're in my life. Thank you for being there for me. Stuck with me. Sorry. <laughs> Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is our own. Zeppo and Barack Hussein, the Kenyan usurper, we're bringing them back again because I got a really good picture yeah, of sorry. them. <laughs> yeah, sorry. A good, yeah, a good photo trumps everything, so I'm sorry. Of, of them together, yeah. which is very, I mean, she, Zeppo, is um, in and out of hospice care at this point sometimes she just needs to be in hospice care and sometimes she goes back to the nursing home for a little more rest but she's well along in years uh, has had health problems and is doing really well at the moment Thanks to, in part, Barack Hussein, the Kenyan usurper, yes. who is our younger cat, uh, who does uh, Mufner. <laughs> he removes the Mufners from her neck. And Mufners are, yes, you know, he... the little the little burrs, the little scaly spots that she gets because she can't always clean everywhere. And uh, he is her personal groomer when she allows it. Yes. And they are, they, she does not always allow no. him to be <laughs> in any, in, in, in her orbit, no. but... And sometimes when that's enough. Does, thank you very much. That's enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> but when she does and when they are sitting together and peaceful and you get a good picture of it, we, then they become Internet kitties. That happens about every two years. So we took advantage this week. You can send your Internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Feel, be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And those are going for about four to five bucks. So that's and the people that send five bucks, we're just really grateful for that. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you're having nope. a birthday fundraiser right now on I your am. blog as I well, am. right? I am. This is your annual birthday fundraiser. Drift Class's birthday is the thirtieth, and you sure. will be helping. Give away all my secrets. I'll be 56 years old. I'll be 56. Five and six. 56, yeah. Don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local, and we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution. You can, too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. If PayPal is up, which it isn't right now... Our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Oh, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties want to be so badly at the former Trump surrogate party when the tequila and poppers come out. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the humping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the flower and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Love Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2016. Drift Class Blue Gal Podcast.